0: AFCON 2010, the trade show that you know where affiliates always attend for free, makes its way to Denver, June 21st through 23rd. Register today at AFFCOM2010.com. AFCON 2010 is different from those other affiliate trade shows designed for the affiliate manager where you can pay up to $1,500 just on a single registration. That's why AFCON 2010 offers you an alternative, a show that's free for affiliates. Not to mention, over 80% of our attendees are affiliates. AFCON 2010 brings you a wide range of sessions, essential for significant affiliate marketing achievement. Plus, we are proud to be working with Search Engine Strategies to present an additional day of all new Search Engine Marketing sessions and tracks. Add unbeatable nighttime networking capped off by WebmasterRadio.fm's annual Affiliate Bash and you have the complete Affiliate Trade Show experience for free. Join the thousands in the affiliate marketing community that are making the switch to AFCON 2010, the trade show that's free for all affiliates, June 21st through 23rd in Denver. Register today at AFFCON2010.com. That's AFFCON2010.com.
1: You're getting the most out of your current affiliate marketing program? Find out as today's top advertisers and publishers unite on the all-new affiliate marketing today. Join your hosts, Commission Junction's Advertiser Account Director, Kim Dosell and Publisher Business Development Manager, Brian Caldwell, as they share valuable insights on promoting strategic relationships, discuss the state of the industry, and offer you a rare glimpse into the minds of today's top players. See how to get the most out of your affiliate marketing program now as we present the all-new affiliate marketing. Affiliate Marketing Today, the industry's only broadcast, offering unique perspectives of both advertisers and publishers. Now, here are your hosts, Kim Delzell and Brian Caldwell.
2: Well, welcome, everybody, to Affiliate Marketing Today uh, with your hosts, Kim Delzell and Brian Caldwell. Today, we are speaking about international outlook for affiliate marketing, and we have Jonathan Forrester. From the Europe- he is the European Development Director for Commission Junction. And he's going to be speaking to us about um, international affiliate marketing, which um, hopefully a lot of you will be interested in publishers and advertisers alike. Uh, so we, we should actually start getting into it and speaking with Jonathan. Um, before the, we do that, I just wanted to mention a couple things. Uh, for those of you who are listening live, we are Tuesdays, 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern. Or you can download us at webmasterradio.fm and you can listen to us on your cell phone or on your iPod.
3: Before we introduce Jonathan, just a little more background about this particular show, because um, this is going to be a very interesting show, and I want to make sure everybody understands exactly what it is that we're talking about here. This is a brand-new market opportunity for most of the listeners today. I mean, Really, most affiliate networks are active only in one or two countries. Right? A larger affiliate networks are active in a dozen or more countries and can provide a unique... Perspective regarding how advertisers and publishers uh, get to, to leverage their existing et- infrastructure, reap rewards, etcetera, in, in all these new international markets. And um, a really strong point I wanted to make that uh, Jonathan's going to be addressing today is that each market has vast nuances to consider—cultural, financial, and, and a lot more. Um, so, really, if you're working in one country now, today, we're going to answer the, the question: Why look at other countries? So. Without further ado, let's introduce Jonathan Forrester. As you said, Kim, European Director, uh, Development
4: Director for Commission Junction. Um,
3: Jonathan, welcome to the show.
4: Thanks, guys. It's uh, it's great to be here, um, and I'm excited to talk with you today um, about affiliate marketing um, internationally or, or globally. Um, as as you mentioned, I'm I'm working in um, currently based in Europe. Um, I'm sitting in Sweden and I'm working to launch uh, Commission Junction Sweden towards the end of June, which will. Um, allow us to service the Scandinavian markets in greater depth than we, than we, than we even currently can. So it's, um, it's a subject that's very close to my heart. Um, I, think, I think the Internet um, by itself promotes the concept of internationalization. If, if we think about our ability to interact with customers and partners and how that's developed over the last couple of decades, um, it, it stands to reason that once you've um, built uh, an expertise and a set of competencies in affiliate marketing, then the next step uh, as an advertiser or a publisher is to start to look at how you can expand that globally and into new territories. So what what I'd like to do today is is touch a little on some of our experiences working with publishers and advertisers in multiple markets, Um, some of the opportunities, and importantly, some of the things that... um, you know, you might want to think about um, uh, ahead of getting started um, because I think, make no mistake, um, international marketing is, is, um, is a great opportunity. It's great fun, but it's a lot of hard work as well.
2: So from an advertiser's perspective, um, we have a lot of advertisers who are multinational or they're <coughs> working in several markets. Um, maybe you want to talk about why they should have an affiliate channel in multiple markets.
4: Sure. I think if, if we approach this the other way, um, if it's okay, Kim, I think sure. if, we, if we kick off by saying let's look at publishers, um, because I think one of the things that I've realized is that publishers drive a lot of international affiliate marketing. And, and I think the reason for that is that publishers at the risk of generalizing are, you know, they're, they're performance-based entrepreneurs. It's in their nature, in their DNA, to seek out the most exciting revenue opportunities that, that they can at any given time. And <clears throat> that might be working in new sectors or working with new products. But one thing that we see a lot at Commission Junction is that it's also um, working in, in other markets.
3: The, so the, uh, the tail wagging the dog. Yeah, I th- Publishers are actually dragging advertisers. Um, maybe that's the wrong word to use, but... in in a sense, dragging um, advertisers into new markets much like they do when a publisher creates a new business model that is is brand new to the market and very innovative uh, and entrepreneurial in nature. They they tend to attract those advertisers that are looking to expand beyond current business models in the same way here we're talking about international. An advertiser can be dragged into looking at other potentially very lucrative markets
4: uh, at a global level. Absolutely. I think, you know, as, a, as a general rule, publishers tend to be um, smaller businesses in terms of people and tend to be quicker moving than the advertiser businesses. And I think you know, that's a great thing about affiliate marketing. It makes them very innovative and very entrepreneurial. It, it's frightening for me to find that um, some advertisers still miss out on the point that, and miss out working with major affiliates simply because that affiliate is not physically based in the same country. Right. An affiliate and, and, uh, can be based.
2: Uh, we've, we've actually stated that on our on our on this show a couple times because that. And I know in in in, uh, in here in the U.S. we've talked about it a lot. Um, in Commission Junction is really allowing a lot of those international affiliates to join U.S. programs uh, because you can get a lift.
4: Absolutely. Absolutely. I think, you know, the, the affiliate doesn't need to be, the affiliate could be based on Bondi Beach, um, sunning, sunning himself, or they could, um, you know, if they're an SEO company, they might have a, a, a lot of developers out in Eastern Europe um, who are link building and so on. Um, the, the, the geographical location of the publisher is, in my opinion, normally a, not a great indicator as to where they're going to be able to drive revenue. So. I, I, think, I think from a publisher perspective, a few things that, that you want to ask yourself, and I, I've been speaking with a lot of our international publishers. Obviously, it's, it's very interesting for us to, to get them to follow us into new markets. And I think the first thing is, and a, a lot of this really is, is, is best practice that applies to, to the advertiser or the publisher side. But... Is your business model easily transferable? Whatever asset you have as a publisher, um, you need to think about um, the mechanics of making that operational in a new country. So it's going to be hugely different if you're a search marketer versus an email, um, you know, somebody who has a lot of email and customer data versus a, a loyalty program.
3: Okay. Well, I think that's a good introduction. Um, We do need to take a a
4: quick break here.
3: Uh, The the sponsors of this particular show love it when we give them a chance to air their commercials. So, um, Jonathan, if you don't mind, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back, and then we'll get into the very uh, depths and details of how publishers can go international. We'll be right back.
1: You're just minutes away from more affiliate marketing today. Stay tuned.
5: Did you know about one out of five visitors are immediately bouncing off your site? Now, monetize this bouncing traffic with StopBounce.com. Log on to StopBounce.com today and discover how easy it is to generate revenue from this previously untapped source, all while enhancing user experience. Earn money for each visitor leaving your site now with StopBounce.com. Turn lost opportunities into found profits.
2: You wouldn't just tell your web hosting company to just give you the next available random domain name, so don't do that with your phone number. A toll-free number that matches your company name or service can be invaluable and give you an instant nationwide brand name. Try the free Vanity number search engine at tollfreenumbers.com. But don't wait, because 1-800-YOUR-NAME may never be available again. tollfreenumbers.com <laughs>
1: Now, back to Affiliate Marketing Today, only on webmasterradio.fm. Here's your host.
3: Okay, welcome back to Affiliate Marketing Today. Today's show is the international outlook for affiliate marketing. We're talking with Jonathan Forrester, European uh, Development Director for Commission Junction, and uh, he was just about to give us some details about um, going international from a publisher perspective, Uh, talking about how they might increase... Uh, Earnings and and return the maximum amount of ROI on on the assets they've invested in their operations currently. So, um, Jonathan, let's let's get into some more
4: details. Sure. So I think, I think the first thing you need to do as a publisher is, is find out if you already have international reach. Many content publishers don't realize that they, you know, if, if, if their site is expert in a particular field, maybe it's a, a digital photography review site, um, they might be getting a lot of traffic from, from other markets in Europe, from the U.S., and an immediate opportunity is, is, is to start monetizing that traffic before you even aggressively start trying to build your business um, in, in, a, in another country. Um, Can we
3: take a, a quick look at that? Because um, traffic flow, obviously, is, is very important um, to both publishers and advertisers. Publishers want to generate as much traffic as possible and maybe pay less attention to where that comes from. Um, and I know that that, usually raises some sort of a fly with advertisers, right, Right, Kim?
2: Yes, it does.
3: And so um, the source of traffic can be very important to disclose. Uh, do you have any general guidelines um, about how how you work? I know you're primarily based in, in Europe, um, and with the borders being so close, countries being so small there, I would imagine there's a
4: lot of cross-border traffic. <laughs> oh, it, it, it. Certain countries will have a propensity to have cross-border um, traffic, so France and Belgium is an obvious um, link. Um, the Scandinavian countries have a lot of shared traffic because of the similarities in language. the, um, in the U.K. and the U.S., uh, most major um, U.S. sites have a fair amount of U.K. traffic, and I'm, I'm really referring to um, type in you know, natural traffic at this point I think, I think when, when you get into the area of how, as a publisher you 're marketing yourself, um, it is very important that you're, that you 're disclosing um, the methods that you 're using so that advertisers are comfortable. But if we look at a few of uh, a few of those methods kind of in isolation, if you are uh, experts in search engine optimization, then the actual skills that you will be using, the, the, uh, the understanding of the algorithms of the various search engines and the back-end development skills that you're already putting in place would work in, in, in many countries. So what you probably need to add is the, is the skin at the front of the um, site, or the, 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 some specific content in a local language. But the fact that you're adept at search engine optimization means that you should be able to um, translate that into a new market opportunity.
3: Okay, so yeah, that, that's good because I wanted to draw a line under that for the advertisers that are listening to the show. That it's it's not necessarily where the publisher sits. It's as you said earlier in the show. It's it's where they operate and the methods that they use to drive their traffic more than anything else that matters to the and, quality of the And I'd like and to add, add that uh,
2: pu- advertisers should talk to the publishers or message the publishers to find out. Just don't automatically decline them because they're international. Find out where they're doing business because. As Jonathan said earlier, they could be sitting on the beach somewhere um, in an international location, but they could be driving traffic for internet for uh, us. Uh,
4: absolutely, I think. I think um, before we close up on publishers, I think uh, search engine marketing through Google or Yahoo or, or, or Microsoft um, is, is absolutely the indication of that. There's no reason. Um, it 's very very easy for somebody who is skilled at search engine marketing to, to work in multiple countries um, as long as they're aware of the language barrier potential cultural differences with advertisers that will come on to you so I from a publisher perspective I would say I would recommend that people um, speak to, to their affiliate network providers um, ask for examples of successes that other people have had and, and you know it's it's I think from a Commission Junction perspective, I'm sure um, any other um, players in our space would be more than happy to discuss how you could expand your business into other countries. I think shifting over to the advertiser side for a second, um, one thing that's really jumped out for me in working with a few companies that, 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 that either... Uh, have affiliate marketing in multiple countries or um, want to is that you really need to start by looking inside of your own business and getting an understanding of what is the effect of your own corporate structure, your corporate culture and the markets that you serve. It's going to make a huge difference if you have a centralized affiliate marketing team as opposed to um, individual teams in each country. Neither one is necessarily better than the other, but you have to be clear on what difference if, if a local market is 100 percent in control of its own marketing spend then then shoot for shoot for sharing best practice if a central body is in charge of um 100 percent in charge of um online marketing spend then make sure you get out and speak to the local market ambassadors so that they can tell you about any any nuances that you might otherwise miss i think um Beyond that, you then, you then have to be very, very clear on looking at your value proposition. Um, there, is a, there is a very real danger that your value proposition to consumers is not the same in, in different markets. Um, there could be local competitors to you there that are very strong, or your product might be revolutionary. You might be the first company to move into the Southern European market with X product it's either a great opportunity or it means that nobody understands what it is that you do, so you need to market yourself somewhat differently. I think that's
3: a great point to make because that's going to be one of the most important points for the publishers in, in the audience as well. Is there, if you're an expert at promoting product X or service X in, in the U.S. or maybe in Canada or maybe you're, you're really good at promoting in, in the U.K., and you, you take that promotion effort and you look at the French market, and you say to yourself, oh, great, maybe it's completely untapped, let me give it a shot. Your margins and your methods may be completely different um, at the end of the day uh, from what you've been doing with your promotional methods in the U.S. and the U.K. And as you said, the profits might be far greater in an international country because the saturation level for keywords in that particular language are much less or or what have you, given your your particular
4: promotion methods, the the, the algorithm can change. Uh, Am I right? Absolutely. I think that um, many um, of uh, the the most successful and mature publishers from mature markets are already starting to to play in international markets because they know that... um, it's, it, in some cases, if they find a, a sweet spot, it's relatively rich pickings for them, and it's, it's a lot less competitive. I think that, that there's a few aspects with regard to the, the, the cultural side of things that I think, um, you know, they're all intertwined, but to try and skim over them and, 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 and see how they affect things from an advertiser or a publisher perspective Um you know, you look at the, the specific country. Uh, try and understand as much as you can about Internet usage, broadband penetration, credit cards, and propensity to buy online. If people don't have credit cards and they're not going to buy online, it's pretty much irrelevant as to how big the market is in terms of people online. And then, then try and understand the cultural aspects that are relative to your sector. So to take an example with, with, with travel, Um, Happily in Europe, we get huge amounts of vacation. Um, Well, (laughs) sorry about that, guys. But (laughs) what it means is that uh, in America, people are far more likely to to have a a a relatively big holiday, a real blowout, and they're prepared to spend a lot of money doing something. In Europe, it's much more likely that people will travel a lot more during the year, maybe lots of mini breaks, but they're not going to be um, necessarily spending the same amount uh, proportionally on, on each trip as, as they would in the states. If you're so promoting you're Expedia or Travelocity, that sort of knowledge makes a huge difference. Um,
3: I was just going to say, that the, the super luxury cruise from Travelocity, then, is, is probably not going to be that attractive to the European market, as
4: an example. I think it's, it's you know... It, it could be that I'm sure people will be buying the, the, the luxury cruises and whatnot, but it's, it helps to know that, um, you know, in, in the U.K., it's hugely common for people to go away for bachelor parties now, to take a city break at a weekend. In Sweden, that's quite rare. It's more likely that you'll just do something locally that's more low-key. So speak to the client, speak to... Um, Google read trends on the um, on, on the travel sector or the, or the sector that you're in. Um, any of these little um, triggers can can give you a huge competitive advantage. A, a simple thing is the fact that Mother's Day is different in in um, so many countries, which causes absolute havoc for me as, a, as my mum's in the UK and I'm in Sweden. But <laughs> makes sure be it, be it uh, calendar days, holiday seasons, sporting events. Um, the more you can do to understand um, the, the specific market, the better. Uh,
3: now, I w- wanted to go back to something you said earlier because um, you were talking about broadband penetration as, as an aspect to look at, which is absolutely important. And I, I thought occurred to me that when we're talking international, we sometimes th- think in the terms of borders, but we might also think in terms of language because language crosses borders. Uh, and so um, if you're looking for opportunity, you might look to language as an opportunity as well and say you you want to go after the French market. Well, that hits France, it hits Quebec, it hits North Africa, et cetera. So um, not that North Africa is a a booming market or anything like like that, but I'm just saying that if you're looking um, for those niche opportunities, you don't always necessarily need to think inside the box of the country.
4: Yeah, I I agree with that. I think that... um, You know, one of the, one of the biggest challenges with, with international marketing is the language factor. If it, it, there are plenty of other areas that, that, that make it hard, and the, well, the, the communications, um, the time differences, so on. But the language factor is, in my opinion, the, the, the biggest barrier. Um, once, once you decide that you're going to be service, serving a country and you go through the work of providing the cheat sheets for publishers, providing the local language creative, you want to sweat as much value out of those assets as you can. So if you are um, launching in um, South America, then it's really a fantastic time to start thinking about Southern Europe and Spain. Um, yeah, I, I, I think that leveraging that work is, is, is absolutely critical. I couldn't
2: stress that enough. I, I just wanted to go back to um, just a couple things that I wanted to point out for advertisers that you said. Uh, that is, one, it sounds like we, advertisers really need to know where... What their product is doing inside that country, um, and, and the U.S. person may not know that. So they need to they need to do a lot a lot of research. It sounds it sounds like um, before they go yeah. into the market. Um, and then the other piece is I think they need to make sure that they understand what that what that is and how to communicate that in sort of a a one minute or a two minute pitch that they can pitch to publishers. Because, um, as you stated, not all publishers are going to know every single brand. So they need to be to understand where their brand fits in that market, and be able to talk on how to sell that brand in that whatever that that international market may be.
4: Uh, I, I, absolutely, I think the. Um You know, there have been occasions at at our event committee, CJU, each year where I've seen advertisers um, from the same company but in different markets literally bump into each other and uh, networking in between um, presentations and have a coffee and get chatting. And the amount of information that that, that people share, that that they're practically doing the same job but not always um, in contact with each other, um, always leads to fantastic results in terms of building what they're doing. I, I, one of the, the, the things that is important is the markets have different levels of maturity. And in the U.S., I think it's safe to assume that most people are doing affiliate marketing. Most of them have a, a, possibly a team, an internal team of affiliate marketing experts. I would say in the U.K., there are more people, um, most people are doing affiliate marketing, maybe have one person working full-time on it. And in, 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 an, in an, a smaller or immature market, you might still not have a single person doing internet marketing so there's a, it's it's really important that um if a company has the asset of all of this knowledge in the u s then then promote it and get you know get get serious um senior level um sponsorship um, about promoting across the company the best practices when I look at the u s companies that do that successfully um, you know it, it really puts them ahead when it comes to international affiliate marketing. That's
2: great. Well, we, we actually have to take another break. So we're going to stop right here and uh, let our sponsors give us some more commercials. And we will be right back in a minute.
1: You're just minutes away from more affiliate marketing today. Stay tuned.
5: 3 a.m. traveling to a conference in Oklahoma City. Steve Talbot's Ford Escort radiator hose bursts near the town of Hooker. He types Hooker Escort Hookup into another local search engine's one box search. He has a great time that he can't expense. TrueLocal.com. Two boxes, one click. Great results. Bruce Clay Incorporated.
1: Now, back to Affiliate Marketing Today, only on webmasterradio.fm. Here's your host.
2: Welcome back to Affiliate Marketing Today. We are speaking with Jonathan Forrester, who is the European Development Director for Commission Junction. And uh, for those of you who haven't tuned in uh, to the beginning part of our our. Uh, We are talking about the international outlook for affiliate marketing. And before we go back to Jonathan to talk about advertisers and publishers and how they promote internationally, I just wanted to make sure that uh, everybody knows that they can listen to us live on Tuesdays at 1 p.m. Pacific and 4 p.m. Eastern, or they can download the show at webmasterradio.fm and listen to us on your iPod or on your phone. And please send us some email. We've actually gotten some email lately, and uh, I know Brian and I have been responding, so we love reading email. And at, it's at podcast, P-O-D-C-A-S-T-S, at cj.com. Yeah,
3: we've been so getting some great mail and some, some fantastic questions. And I want to encourage anybody that's interested in going into international markets uh, that you have a direct funnel to Jonathan through, through the podcast email address. So, please send us any questions you might have for him. So, Jonathan, uh, I, I think we wanted to get into a little bit more depth uh, regarding an advertiser perspective on international markets. Uh, we've been talking a bit about that. Um, just you know, looking at, at Europe, um, it's, it's more than a single country. So if you were a large multinational corporation, and you are only active currently in, say, the U.S. or maybe in the U.K., um, would we be better off going into one country at a time and and making sure we're
4: successful there? That's a a very good question. I think um, there's no reason that people shouldn't be able to launch in lots of companies at the same time and be successful. And I, I definitely like to encourage advertisers to be, to be aggressive and, and be hungry about affiliate marketing. What, what I think is absolutely critical, and, and you guys will, will know this from, from business at home, um, whatever you're going to do, the preparation part of affiliate marketing is, is critical. All of that work that goes on under the service to make sure that when you launch, you're launching with a, a well-thought-out program that has a value proposition that affiliates are going to like. Now, if you do want to launch in lots of countries at the same time, in lots of different languages, it's even more important that you're spending the time up front. The worst thing you can do is, you know, a rush of blood to the head. You decide to go global. You launch 17 countries and realize that in 10 of them, you've you've damaged your credibility by um, having an offer which is, outdated or clearly you know outdated clearly irrelevant not suitable i think that's the the single critical point is don't underestimate the amount of preparation and planning that, that should be going on even if that's a, you know a quarter of internal discussions internal brainstorming finding out what other forms of internet marketing you're doing in these countries um, you know if certainly from a european perspective we have many relationships with advertisers where they're not ready to go to the next step yet but we know they want to get there and, and we'll talk to them and help them and they it out.
2: Jonathan um, you know we actually work with a lot of advertisers I work with a lot of advertisers and I'm sure that the ones who are listening are thinking I want to go into this particular market and what do I do what do I, you know what what types of things do I do to start to get into that market, what types of things should I be thinking about? I know we we mentioned a couple of um, you. You mentioned, you know, the consumer events and the cultural aspects. Um, the other one I, I think we briefly talked about, but I wanted to mention is is paying out the publishers and and what currency those publishers want to be paid in. Uh, my experience has been that publishers may or may need to be paid in different currencies. So you, that's one of the things that advertisers should also think about when they're looking at what provider are they going to use? Are there other things that...
4: Yeah, I think, I think there's, a, there's a lot of detail and, and, and I always tend to feel that the danger with, with international affiliate marketing is the amount of detail um, that you can get into. So you can start having a conversation about um, the respective compensation for publishers in um, Southern Europe versus um, Northern Europe or, um, or the US. I think at the, at the very beginning, I'd say um, get, in, get in a room with a pad or start an email thread headed into internationalization. Find out who in the organization is going to be involved in that project, um, and, and, and I, think, I think we can add a lot of value um, when we're working with a client who, who has identified that you know, a project is going to move forward um, with regard to internationalization. I think once you're doing that, I always think it boils down into the relationship and the conversations we'd have with um, any client. Um, you know, there's some extra detail, but it's, it's results, solutions, and relationships. So on the results side, um, how can we set local needs within a global framework? Um, how can we level the playing field when it comes to metrics? Um, many clients, um, that maybe they have an existing affiliate marketing program in, in, in a different country and they're not tracking um, sales to the same level. Maybe they're not going to SKU level or they're tracking a certain type of lead. Um, and you have to level the playing field when it comes to the metrics. Um, you also need to be con- uh, cognizant of the fact that, there are going to be strategic um, imperatives that are unique to each local market. So, um, if you're the dominant number one player in your home market, you act a certain way. If you're determined to um, get get a you know have a land grab in a, in a different market before a competitor arrives, um, then you're going to have to balance the fact that you'll be behaving in very different ways. On the on the solution side, um, I think. You know you mentioned the currencies and and the, the more of the heavy lifting that the technology you're using can do, the better, because you're making the program more complex by power of however many countries you're in. so you want to be able to communicate with publishers very easily. you want to be able to track very easily you want them to be able to find you um, as an opportunity very easily and and all of the uh, the nitty gritty details like uh, the correct. Currency, um, local tax obligations, um, local language support if required, um, uh, absolutely critical. And that's a case where uh, if you were
3: operating in one country but were planning to go into multiple countries that you might not want to, to run your program on it with, a, with a local player. You probably want to uh, be looking at a larger network that can operate. In, you know, across the different languages, across the different currencies that are required to to have
4: a successful program uh, in, at the end of the day. I think you can you're justified in expecting more of the larger network who has programs that are already doing it. Um, you know, they have learned um, <laughs> they have learned through experience about um, how to do it in the right way. The, the biggest part on the solution for me isn't isn't even the technology. It's 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 the servicing, and um, you know I, I've I've seen some of the um, on the client side um, internally at Commission Junction, people doing a great job. Um, this sense of of the virtual team that you that you need to have. Um, you know, people need to be able to get their head down and work on delivering the local requirements, but, but they need to also be checking in and making sure that everybody's comfortable with the, with the progression of the global strategy. Um, if you worry too much about global, you'll probably lose the local battle. If you leave out the, um, the global conversations, the, the, the danger is you, you just become completely, um, completely random, and, and I'd liken it to trying to herd cats um, to be honest, it's uh, it's not much, not much fun. Once once you have this, if if you have the servicing and, and I, you know you have to be aware that um, what you're asking of your affiliate marketing network might be different. Maybe um, in in the smaller markets, you are really going to have to um, figure out a way of providing some executional support. Because if you have a single internet marketing manager um, in in let's say Italy and you have a team of 10, 12 internet marketing professionals in the US, um, there's no way that the, the, the smaller market can replicate everything that those 10, 12 people are doing. Um, and then, and then you, get, you get to relationships, and, and I think the, the, the vital part on relationships, and this is really where experience um, is, is, is vital, is everything from introducing you to the right publishers and advertisers, um, but also helping to map the cultural differences that, that we have. Um, I've seen that it's, it's a lot more easy for things to get lost in translation or there um, to be challenges in understanding um, when you add the international element. You know, it, the business that we're in can be fairly robust at times. Affiliates are very passionate, and advertisers are constantly looking to make their programs as efficient as possible. Um, and having somebody based in Germany, um, chatting to someone based in the U.S., is, it just makes it a little bit more likely that something might get misunderstood and potentially escalate when there's, when there's really no need. Um, I think that having a, a third party that, that understands and can map those cultural differences um, is very, very valuable. Um, so, I, I mean, I think, I don't know if in terms of the... Um, the the, the the core areas there. There's anything you guys guys would add. Um, well,
3: I was going to to su- suggest that we could get into maybe some tactical aspects, but Kim, it sounded like you had a comment. Okay. Well, I was just
2: going to, uh, what I wanted to just make sure is I think, you know, the bottom line is uh, what Jonathan is saying is make sure that you do your homework when you're going into a new market. And what I don't want to do is make sure we're scaring anybody to go into international because the opportunities far outweigh the upfront uh, work that you have to do to get into that market. So I just want to make sure that we do state that because I, I, I've worked with advertisers who, are, um, who you know do really well in the u s and are also doing really well internationally and expanding globally um you know as we speak, and are doing a fantastic job uh, but they've they've done a lot of this detail work up front um, you know you do a lot of the detail work up front and then your program once it's launched and gets off the ground, you don't have to actually go back and do this again so I just want to make sure we all those advertisers
4: sure. know that. Sure, yeah. The, the last thing you'd you'd want to do is make people um, feel nervous or, or, or not think that it's valuable to go international. I, I think the bottom line is that if you don't, your competitors will. Um, I, you know, in the last two years, I, I think the growth we've seen in, in advertisers that they're comfortable with affiliate marketing now. They know they're doing it, and they're asking the other parts of their company, um, you know, maybe other business units or other geographical reasons, this is something that works for us you know we, we, let's let's step it up and, and, and drive business in this way too um, if anything it's i I, I often find it 's a case of um, cooling people 's um, enthusiasm when they you know that we 're ready we 're going to launch in twelve countries um, you know, having done it before um, it's it 's not. I'd, I'd second. It's not an insurmountable amount of work. It, there, there are processes that you can follow. Um, there's a lot of successful um, companies you can you can take inspiration from. Um, but yeah, do your homework before you uh, start booking plane tickets. Left, right, and center.
3: <laughs> so, uh, when we when we come back from this next break, um, I want to get into some of the tactical things that we can do from an advertiser and a publisher perspective. Uh, in order to prepare ourselves for, for going international. But having said that, uh, we do need to feed the critters again. Uh, let's get a, a few more sponsor messages in into the session here, and we're going to go out to break, and we'll be right back.
1: You're just minutes away from more Affiliate Marketing Today. Stay tuned.
3: Want to make the search engine gods happy? When promoting your website, do you say no to tricks and spam? Say yes to editor-based software, making relevant link exchange ethical, fast, and easy with linksmanager.com. It's no secret, linking with relevant sites is a dynamic way to enhance site traffic. So why use unethical methods causing search engines to downgrade your rankings when you can have the search engine gods bestow their light upon you with linksmanager.com.
5: Uh, makes
1: 23 so far. You're kidding me, I haven't caught a thing yet. Really? What kind of bait are you using? Same as you. Well, then maybe it's where you're fishing. What do you mean? Well, if you want to catch fish, don't throw your line out in the middle of a big lake. Take a smart look around for where the fish congregate, like over by this log. So I just have to look smart, huh? That's right. It's all about fishing where the fish are.
2: Learn how you can fish where the fish are. Go to signup.looksmart.com. (laughs) Signup.looksmart.com.
1: now back to affiliate marketing today only on webmasterradio.fm here's your host
3: all right thanks for sticking with us here affiliate marketing today we're talking with jonathan forster the internet uh, regarding the international outlook for affiliate marketing Uh, jonathan's been talking about some fantastic um aspects or some, some giving us some great comments in terms of preparing yourself to go international if you're operating in one or two countries now, uh, some things to think about. And I do want to get into some, some tactical questions before I uh, do that. just want to remind everybody to send us email. Please do. We love getting your messages. The email address is podcasts at cj.com. That's plural, P-O-D-C-A-S-T-S. And um, having said that, uh, Jonathan, one of the things I'm really curious about, and I'm sure a lot of our publishers are as well, because um, publishers that are operating in the U.S. are going to be very familiar with the promotional aspects or the promotional tools that they have available to them over here. Google um, provides a, a fantastic platform, as does Yahoo! and, and MSN and, and Ask as, as well. From a search perspective, um, are the promotional um, methods used in, in Europe and other international areas generally parallel with what's most popular in the US and I mean, is the same kind of um, bulk available through the search channel in, in Europe?
4: I would I would say so, yeah. It's, I think it's um, a good place to start that the internet um, uh, distribution methods will mi- mirror those in other countries uh, as long as you're aware that you can get um, differences in, in specific markets. I think that the Google Trends tool um, is, a, is, a, is a great um, place for anybody thinking about international markets to... Uh, to start playing and see who, you know who might be searching for your sort of product, etc.
3: Let's talk about that a bit because I know the Google t- Trends tool is is newly launched. A lot of people are not mm-hmm. even probably going to be aware of it yet.
4: So h- how have you used that so far? So I, I've um, as as with most Google tools, it, it, it popped up and it's something that I played with and that seems to have got a lot of press. Um, the, the concept is they will you you were able to search for a word and see which. Uh, users, which uh, users and which countries are searching for that word the most? Um, so you can type in all sorts of rude, libellous, or um, funny, or, or, or business um, things, and, and and find out that um, you know, for Commission Junction, uh, we are getting lots of people searching for us in X, and that makes me think maybe we should uh, head down there and open an office in the in the short term. Um, likewise, you know, if if there's a um, a competitor of yours who's very strong in one European market, but they're not being searched for in another, um, it, it's going plan, plan to plant a seed there, too. I, I think that the, um, the, the the critical thing is, if, let's say the technologies are the same. If we, if we stick with search, the basic concept of search marketing is the same. Are the, are the
3: players it, the same? Is it Google and Yahoo and MSN and so on, or, it, or are they different players in Europe?
4: Uh, Google, you know, Google, Yahoo um, are certainly the, the dominant players. You will find in different in different markets. So in, in Sweden, for example, there's a Nero. In the UK, we have companies like Mirago. You will get um, either smaller players or niche players. Um, and what one of the things I was going to suggest is that advertisers um, can do a lot to um, help assist their international publishers. Uh, in terms of getting the best out of those um, systems, so um, letting people know who the um, uh, search engines in that particular market are, um, and this is something you could work on with your network, um, what the coverage is, some sample keywords, some sample creative, etc. Um, I think a lot of the time it, it, it's 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 very valuable if you're a um, if, if I'm a U.S.-based advertiser and I'm launching in a new market, I'd really like some of my top performers in the U.S. to come with me because we have a relationship um, and I know that they can sell my product and I want, I'm going to do everything within my power to make it as easy for them to, 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 to move over. If you're looking at the SEM space, you really want those guys to make a test. Um, at some point, they're going to have to um, spend some money with the search engines and make a test. If you can remove the other barriers to entry, so help them with writing, creative, and so on, um, then then there's every chance that you know they'll move forward with that test. If they get a nice return on their margin, um, you're in business, and they're off and running, and probably hiring local speakers.
3: I think you just made some great points because if I'm a publisher operating out of South Africa, you know, if I'm a good publisher, I'm going to know um, how to do the research um, potentially. But even if I'm a good publisher, I might not find all of the, the fantastic tools that are available to me in a specific country like Sweden, for instance, might be tough. There might be language barriers for myself and what, whatnot. Um, so I think it's, it's very valuable for uh, the, the networks to provide that additional service uh, through account managers and whatnot in, in terms of, here's a list of, of, of um, tools that you should consider using, given your particular method of promotion. Um, think about this, that, and other thing. Um, Another question I had for you related to promotion methods, Um, we talked about search, but are other models like coupons and deals, uh, for example, or loyalty, are are those models um, attractive to consumers so they are an effective channel in countries outside of the U.S.? I haven't had any experience there.
4: It it, yeah, it it does tend to shift actually i think um, obviously that the the coupon of loyalty model is is, is huge and um, very well executed in the us i would say it's fairly successful in the uk i think culturally um, i'd be surprised to ever see it be um, so huge in germany why is that likely be proved wrong i just um, i think the 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 kind of interest in coupon when i've been speaking with my german colleagues and the um the value proposition just doesn't seem to chime with them
3: Um, it's one of those cultural things
4: yeah i just don't think that um people would generally um want to um do that extra step in order to get to get something on 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 the back end they you know if they're going to buy x then they're going to buy x Um, so they
2: don't they don't Coupons or discounts or free shipping and things like that aren't necessarily things that they're going out on the web to look for. They're looking for more sort con- of more of a content or review type thing.
4: Absolutely, you know, you could have content, you could have reviews, you could have price comparison. Doing well, um, I think. I mean, I have to. I suppose add a caveat. Um, it's not successful. It's not a business model that we're aware of as being very successful in Germany at this point. It's, um, we think there are some cultural reasons behind that. It might just be that you know, nobody's executed it on it really well yet. In the right way. Um, and, and, and I think that's one of the challenges. Until somebody's um, trialed it who has experience, you never really know if it's, um, if it's a cultural no-go or, or whether it's, um, it's just not been done correctly. But are there particular
2: different. sites that you know we talked you talked about search
4: um,
2: do you know of any sites that actually in this you might say the answer might be no you don't know but that are in the US market that are not search that are in the US market and are in you know maybe an international market as
4: well sites that are not search yeah, so, I, mean, I think like,
2: are there any um, you know we mentioned I think Brian just mentioned some of the big uh you know, content or loyalty sites, like we have YouPromise and Ebates and some of those that that offer cash back.
4: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: something that's not transferable or in other markets.
4: I think um, I, I, I'm, I'm aware that there's been conversations with some of our U.S. publishers who are interested in expanding into um, certainly the U.K. in the first instance. I think if you look at the, um, kind of the incentive model, the, uh, the free iPod in return for registering model, um, that was fairly scalable, fairly quick, and, and, and we certainly saw that move across. You know, it, it bubbled up in the U.S., and then it, that moved across Europe very quickly. I think I think with with content sites, you know, true content sites, um, it, it it depends on the, 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 their approach to monetizing revenue and so monetizing their inventory. Um, sometimes, you know, monetizing their inventory is a, through advertising is a, is a secondary or tertiary concern. Um, but they definitely, you know, there is. There are definitely sites that have um, a lot of um, global opportunity. If you take a site like The Onion, the, the satirical site, um, <laughs> that will be read um, all over, you know, not not just by any means by people in the U.S. So that there is a definite opportunity there um, to, to, to build on whatever you might do in the U.S. Is that, did I, Yeah, did that's,
2: I, that's good information, I guess. What I wanted to make sure is that advertisers and publishers understood that it's just... There, there are sites that might work in both markets um, or multiple markets, but in this, you know it sounds like someone who is your largest publisher in your program in the U.S. most likely will not be your
4: largest publisher in any other sort of particular. Um, particularly when you move away from search, mm-hmm. I think I think search is uh, I I. Um, in, in, into a slightly different category. Uh, I think an area that is interesting is you know you have um, people who are building content sites um, that they're, they're automating in some way. So they're using um, web services, they're using APIs. It's, it's social computing or um, or you know using product feeds in smart ways. Um, that sort of person that, that is more of a content, you know, more of a content builder than a website owner. I, I think that model can, and I've, I think we've seen it move quite successfully. Um, you know, if you um, specialize in in working with a particular retailer and offering reviews of their products, or giving people the capability to write reviews of their products, and you're populating affiliate links or whatnot, um, you know that model can be um, moved over because. Your actual asset is the is the engineering, and then you're letting the the user create the content. Um, I, I think that we'll see a lot of that model, and I think that whole um, area of um, you know the, the API, what we're seeing with RSS feeds, is, is is really fascinating for affiliate marketing.
3: And I am I so we, glad Brian that you and, you and say I that. Talked to <laughs> based on the, the content of our last show, which was emerging markets. We talked a lot about APIs and web services. Sure. And That's and, ex- uh, so
2: funny, Brian. That's exactly what I was just going <laughs> to say.
3: It's just refreshing to hear that it's also a, um, a, a fast-acting trend in, in Europe and other international markets. So, wow, uh, very exciting stuff. Uh, I think with that, though, we are flat out of time, uh, Kim. I don't know if you have an, a final question to get in.
2: No, I think I asked most of them. I Just I, I, I encourage advertisers two things uh, based on the show: is one review in. Internally, what your plans are with your particular brand to go international uh, and do your homework prior to trying to launch your affiliate program. Um, obviously, contact CJ for any questions you might have because we are more than willing to help. And then the second piece is don't be afraid of allowing publishers who are international to join your program. As uh, Jonathan spoke of early in the show, we those publishers are – a lot of times are actually marketing in the U.S. uh, areas as well as international. So it's only going to be growth for your program.
3: And and just one final point on that. If you're a publisher, um, don't be afraid to lean on the networks you work with uh, or lean on your account manager for help in exploring international marketplaces because uh, it sounds to me as though um, most publisher models are going to need to, to, to learn a, a bit about the, the nuances of a particular culture, a particular language uh, in which they're going into it. Although it's not um, a, a massive um, issue to overcome, you can quite easily expand it to international uh, additional markets. So There we go. Having said that, it's the end of the show. Thank you very much for joining us, John. This has been a fantastic uh, conversation. I think that a, a lot of folks are going to get a lot out of this. Um, with that... One final note, just do remember that you can listen to us live Tuesdays at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern. You can listen to us as a podcast, either from webmasterradio.fm or downloadable. You can subscribe to us from iTunes. And lastly, you can listen to us on your cell phone through the Mobilecast Network. If you have any questions, shoot us an email, podcast.cda.com. Other than
4: that, we'll see you next Tuesday. Thanks for joining Thanks us. Lot, guys.
2: Thanks.